Good morning, everyone. This morning, we find ourselves in Psalm 25 and 26. A little bit of an unusual spot for me this morning in recording the podcast. You may hear some background noise. I happen to be on vacation and trying to find the best place to record. And uh, I'm outside, actually. It's beautiful uh, early morning in Arizona. Um, And uh, so there I am outside on a on a table, but trying to find a quiet place, but there's some cars going by in the not too distance, so you may hear that. But anyways, Psalm 25, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, O my God, in you I trust. Now, this is a Psalm of David, and you know, David had quite an interesting life. I mean, he went from being a, you know, shepherd boy to being a king of Israel and in the process of becoming king he was on the run from the prior king Saul and later on on the run from his son Absalom who wanted to be king and uh, dethroned David. Uh, David was had many enemies the Philistines that he was in battle with David was a, a mighty warrior and did lead Israel in battle. Uh, David had times of unbelievable devotion to God, like just remarkable devotion to God. But then other times where he he was the chief of sinners. Uh, so, it, you know, David is much like us. But when he was at his best, David truly was a man after God's own heart. And typically when writing the Psalms, he is at a place where he is walking closely with God, and you can definitely hear that expression from him in his writing. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. And what wonderful words may we trust in the Lord. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. And, you know, I think one of the things that drove David to prayer so much is just all the challenges in life he faced. And sometimes those can be such a blessing to us because they do lead us to God when we're going through hard times. And we we have nowhere else to turn but to the Lord. And David did turn to the Lord. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. And ultimately, if we honor God, we have nothing to be ashamed about. Um, But those who do not honor God, definitely there is shame. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. And, you know, David just highly valued God's counsel, God's way. Uh, Lead me in your truth and teach me. I, I really love that verse. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, for I will wait all the day. And what a beautiful thing it is to have the Lord be our truth and for him to teach us you believe that God's way is true, that God's word is true, um, you know, when you when you believe that, now when you open the Bible, you have the greatest instruction there is in all the world in front of you, and it has the ability to really bless your life. The faith that you bring to the word of God is so important, and David believed in God's truth. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your kind. Con- your loving kindness, hesed is the Hebrew word there, 
for they have been from old. David's saying, you know what? I, I know that God ultimately is a God of mercy and compassion. and You know, God kept giving Israel and even David chance after chance after chance, even when at times they forsook him because of his compassion and his loving kindness. God was gracious to them. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. And one of the things you'll see in David is that he definitely acknowledged his sin. Uh, there'd be times probably where he he didn't and he fell into sin and maybe he, he hid from God. But then he'd come back to God and he was very transparent before God about his sin. And he's asking the Lord to you know, not remember his sins. According to your loving kindness, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Look at how high of a view he has of God. And he views the Lord in such high esteem. And what a wonderful view that is to have of God. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. And David knew he was a sinner. And God instructs those if we're willing, if we're willing to come before God and say, God, guide me, he will give us instruction in the way. He leads the humble in justice. He teaches the humble his way. You know, the one person that, uh, the type of person that, in a sense, God doesn't teach, or in a sense, who, who is unwilling to receive the Lord's instruction is the one who's filled with pride, the one who's not humble, the one who does not want to hear God's way because they want to do what they want to do versus come to God humbly and wanting to follow God's way. And that's why, you know, he leads and he teaches those who are humble. And we should come before God with humility, knowing God knows what's best and we don't, and that we want his instruction to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies and definitely the Lord does honor those who who keep God's ways. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. What a what a wonderful word. Let me read that again. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. You know, we can't hide from the Lord. And Lord, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Listen to what it says next. Who is the man who fears the Lord? It's like an open-ended question David is asking. What, what's it going to be like for the man who fears the Lord? And, you know, that's one of the greatest things you can do is to have reverence, awe, respect, and even a fear of God in a good way that, like, you know what, God, I don't want to go in a way that would that you wouldn't approve. I want to I wanna honor your way, God, because I, I, I just trust you and I believe in you and I don't want to take up the consequences of not going your way either. Look what it says. The man who fears the Lord, it says, he, and really what it's meaning is God, God will instruct him in the way he should choose. If you fear the Lord, God will instruct you. And his descendants, excuse me, his soul will abide in prosperity or in goodness. Isn't that a great promise? Those who fear the Lord they are going to abide in goodness and prosperity. Hallelujah. His descendants will inherit the land. It's going to be good for our children when we honor the Lord 
keep hoping, keep believing, keep waiting, keep honoring God, and there is good to come. Hallelujah. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, meaning like God intimately communicates and will guide the one who fears him. What a beautiful word. And he will make them know his covenant. He will reveal himself and and make his blessing to the Abrahamic family known to him, the one who fears the Lord. And then David says, my eyes are continually toward the Lord. And what a, what a powerful word that is. May we always be thinking of the Lord. I just preached yesterday about the importance of remembering the Lord. And, you know, in all of our interaction and in our lives and in our relationships, if we remember the Lord, it's powerful. Um, Jesus, on the last night of his life, said, do this in remembrance of me. And even as we celebrate communion, as we remember the Lord, it helps us to honor him and to walk in his blessing. And David is saying, my eyes are continually toward you. And may I, our, our eyes be continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. And he saves us from the consequences of sin and destruction. And he protected David through so much in his life. David says, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. And there are times when David had everyone against him, it seemed, but he would turn to the Lord. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. And David did have many. You know, life's not always easy for the believer, and David had many challenges. Look upon my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. And Lord, forgive all of our sins. Hallelujah. Thank you for the cross, a new dispensation of grace that we have today in Jesus. Look upon my enemies, for they are many. As I mentioned, David had many adversaries. And they hate me with violent hatred. Guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. And, you know, God was with David. Even when he had so many against him, David ended up living a, a long life. And he ended up having his king come, his son come on the throne, Solomon. And ultimately, Solomon built the temple of God in Jerusalem. So God fulfilled you know, his promise to David to have a king on his throne. And ultimately, that promise became fulfilled in Jesus. So God was faithful. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Take refuge, to, to take solace, to take our security, to, to get away from the difficulties of the world and take refuge in our God. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. And when, when, when we say we wait for the Lord, the word that is used there has the idea of waiting with trust, waiting expectantly, like believing as we wait that God is going to come through. And, and that definitely is the way that David saw waiting for the Lord, waiting with trust. And no, there's some things I'm waiting on. There's some things I'm hoping for. And may we wait expectantly for God to bring about goodness uh, and trust him as we wait. Redeem, o is redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. And David was the king of Israel at this time. And he's asking God to just bless the family, Abraham's family, Israel, out of all of his troubles. And 
God did bless Israel, and they're about to see their heyday with David's son ruling, and there's going to be great prosperity in Israel, and he does help them, but ultimately they uh, they disobey him, and they'll, they will ultimately face the, the consequences of that disobedience in future generations. We're going to move right into Psalm 26 this morning. And again, David says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. And, you know, it's interesting because David at times says things that uh, really he sees his behavior as righteous before God. And I think there are times when David really did what was right. I mean, there were times when Saul was trying to kill David and David could have killed Saul. And David was kept sparing him, you know, and kept protecting Saul, uh, even when, you know, a, a normal person probably would have said, I'm going to take this man's life. He's trying to take my life, and yet he would have mercy. He did a lot of things well, but there were times when he didn't as well. And, uh, you know, we know about those with Bathsheba and killing Bathsheba's husband. So David was a really polarizing man, a man of great conviction a man of great a great heart towards God but yet he did make mistakes at times in his life as well I guess that gives comfort to us who also have made mistakes in life and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering uh, David saw himself in this time when he's writing this psalm as being you know very trusting of God and, and he was examine me O Lord and try me test my mind and my heart that's interesting, right? You know, when we spend time with God, it'd be good to like sit still before him and help him to bring to our attention what it is we need to hear, what it is we need to know about ourselves. Um, and he can reveal that thing to us through the power of his spirit. He can reveal to us what we, what we need to know. So I see that David's quiet in his heart before God and allowing the Lord to test him and examine him, and what a healthy thing that is. For your loving kindness is before my eyes. That's that word hesed again. It's a beautiful word, loving, loyalty, kindness. Your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. And may we walk in God's word, in his ways, and in his truth. I did not sit with deceitful men, nor will I go with pretenders. I hate the assembly of evildoers. And although we want to nowadays win this world to Jesus Christ, and we live in the world, we don't want to be of the world. So it's a, it's a fine line that we walk in that uh, sometimes we're going to still be in the presence of unbelievers because we want to reach them. But we have to make sure that when we're walking in this world and we're amidst the world that we don't take on the the sin of the world, but rather that we are a light to the world while we're with the people of the world. And if, if it gets too evil around us, we have to be careful to not participate in that evil that is around us. Uh, furthermore, it says in verse 5, and I will not sit with the wicked. So we have to evaluate where, who is in our company. Are we winning our company to the Lord, or is our company leading us away from the Lord? Um, we want to be definitely the former, helping whoever is in our midst to grow closer to God, not allowing them to take us away. 
I shall wash my hands in innocence, and I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim the voice of thanksgiving and declare all your wonders. This is an interesting phrase. I will go about your altar, O Lord. Now, David was not a Levite. I spent a lot of time studying this this morning. There's an interesting time in history where God allowed David to set up a tabernacle of David where the Ark of the Covenant, David pitched in a tent near Jerusalem while the tabernacle the, the, was at still at Gibeon. And David, like, seems to have had a season where he got access to God's Ark in a tabernacle that David set up. And this was before ultimately the temple replaced the tent and Solomon built the temple of the Lord, which David got the plans for. But it's a very interesting time in history where David seems to have had the proximity to God in a unique way, like a high priest or uh, like a Levite would have had. And because it says, and I will go about your altar. Well, that was typically for the, the Levites. But there's one distinct season in history where it's called the Tabernacle of David, where David had greater proximity to God. Isn't that interesting? And uh, it could even be said that that is a forerunner or a foretaste of the church, that the church now has access to God's tabernacle. Uh, very interesting. Don't want to go too far with this, but if you if you will uh, research where the Ark of the Covenant was, there was a one-time unique time in history where the Ark dwelled in the tent of Obed-Edom, and then the Ark God threw a uh, with David through a, uh, a really worshipful time, ended up bringing the ark uh, to Jerusalem. And then the ark would, seems to have been in a, a tent that David set up for it uh, for a period of time until it got moved into the temple of God in Solomon's life. So very interesting, unique study there. Oh Lord, I love your habitation of your house. Do you see how he's like, it's like for a season, David loved the habitation of where God's ark was and the place where your glory dwells. Isn't that interesting? Do not take my soul away along with sinners, nor my life with the men of bloodshed, in whose hands is a wicked scheme, and whose right hand is full of bribes. So David constantly had a battle with those who wanted to take his life and maybe that like drove him you know to really having a devotion to God imagine if you had people after you how much more you would be turning to God for protection you know protection for your very life it would definitely drive you to your knees and to a relationship with God uh, and he even talks about the bribes of the people who wanted his life in verse 10 but verse 11 but as for me I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. And may we walk in integrity. And the Lord has redeemed us with the cross, hallelujah, in, in our day. Uh, my foot stands on a, on a level place. And that is an interesting verse 
uh, it could be translated, my foot stands without wavering. Uh, I, have, I have placed my feet on a level place with God. And I'm going to stand firm with him. And that's what we need today. We need to, we need to have our feet be unwavering, that we are going to stand with God no matter what, no matter what happens around us, no matter there's enemies, good times, bad times, that we're going to just know that from here on out, from this day and forevermore, I'm going to stand firm with the Lord. In the congregation, I shall bless the Lord. And, you know, at times, David honored and worshiped the Lord on his own, and he didn't need anyone else around. But then also in the congregation, amidst the people, David showed his devotion to God, and he blessed the Lord when people were around and when people were not around. And may we be consistent in honoring the Lord, whether we're in the audience of just him, or in the audience of others, may we worship the Lord. Well, David, thank you, uh, and the Lord, thank you for this word this morning that we have. May our worship um, be more like David when David would at, was at his best. Um, God bless you all.